to the Soul Savage Podcast. Your host, Q Lynn. We're back another episode. Told y'all I'm going to be consistent this time. Uh, came back. Voice vocal sounding great. I ain't got the, the ashy Dr. Rivers voice vocals no more. So, you know, I'm good to go. A content creator I talked to just said, if you ain't got a guest, just, just keep going. And so I've been implementing that. If you checked out the last two episodes, I have part one and part two of Black Music Month. You want to check that out. I kind of gave y'all, you know, generational, I don't think it was generational Z's. I think it's more genera- generational X. You know, they were talking bad about Miss Patty LaBelle and the BT Awards. I kind of had to spank y'all hand a little bit, you know, just a little, you know, you know, get y'all in the corner a little bit and, you know, get y'all talking right. Quit talking about Miss Patty LaBelle. So if you were a part of that bunch that got cussed out last week while I was talking, oh, well, it, it just needs to be said. And, you know, we don't disrespect legends. Definitely not our, our R&B, uh, black, not on Black Music Month either. You can't, no. you can't have that happening in these streets. But right now, we got a special guest host on right now. Just a special guest in this period. I've been watching, following this guy's work for a minute, and he just has really great content. He's uh, just impeccably dressed. If you follow his Instagram, he has so many great, photos of him or just uh personal photos or just uh and also he does a soulful sundays on instagram live recently just did one with uh, uh different members of uh, 90s r&b girl group one from brownstone and uh black and drawing the blank 702 702 the the next one miss mila miss nick gilbert and miss brandy all those from those uh fantastic uh legendary uh girls groups of the 90s but yeah we got them on right now mr dress and rest hey. fantastic how you doing man what's up i'm doing well i'm, I'm well i'm well I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's dope thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you i just had the no problem just had to address you know a little bit i usually just start off with the thing but i got a little dm people was in my dms you know you know ruffling a little bit (laughs) about things but thank you to all the the, tricky topics that you i think for myself i understand both sides um but if you are not used to those type of events and how things go sometimes and i'm not making an excuse for mother patty however um she is in her late 70s she has been singing for a long time and um it's not her song and it's not that she was being well i would never think that but i mean she does need the words and y'all should have had it ready and right you know what's so crazy they did the same thing uh at the black music honors with i think they had trouble uh who was it uh leandra johnson had trouble looking at the teleprompter and the way they have it set up most because i've been to a lot of award shows um well back like uh 2010 2011 some of the not saying it's a 
you know, I ain't trying to make this a black and, you know, mainstream thing or whatever, but the, the <laughs> let me just say mainstream so it don't ruffle no feathers, yeah. but the mainstream award shows, they have the teleprompter set up to where it's not even where somebody would be blocking it. And right. then if it was, then that that's I think that's a production problem to yeah. me. And I because they should have said something before they started taping. Like, hey, I need y'all to move away from these teleprompters yes, before they start. Know that. Like, come yeah. on. Now. So between that and um, you know, you have to know. I mean, it, just if you're into music and understand artistry, why would the legendary Patty Labelle intentionally? You know, just right. not, you know, and she was trying, you could That's tell what I she was trying and, right. you know, listen, that's thought with, the mic was on. Right, exactly. The mic, the mic was on and also BT, not just BT, but like, stop putting on it, stop putting the track on it. They don't need tracks. Those are singers. Right. If they practice with a band and background singers, that's what it should be at the show. It didn't need a track. And you can hear the track. And on the track, you hear Tina Turner's voice. <laughs> See, I didn't even watch the whole thing. I think I maybe watched 15 seconds of it. And it was like, oh, she. For, I could see her trying to look at the teleprompter. I was like, oh, that's what it is. But it she said, did, I guess, yeah. like, viral or even a bigger moment because Mama Patty is honest and blunt. She was like, I'm trying, y'all. And she was like, right. I, I can't see my words. I think because she was so blunt and honest about it, people was like, oh, uh-uh. No, she didn't. But I felt like you kind of needed to know so you're not sitting there looking like, why she ain't saying nothing? Because she can't see the words. Right. And I think the most irksome thing, the only because I've seen other people uh, that made that have podcasts talk about it and they made it funny, but they wasn't like disparaging and they're like, oh, yeah. she's being I was more mostly the energy was for the people being disrespectful, like saying that t- she was being disrespectful to Tina. And like you said, that's the same thing I said last week. Like, she, yes, I'm going to intentionally forget words on national TV because that's that's what that's what I built my career on is just fumbling and then they take stuff that's not associated like because they try to like the thing with the internet is certain people that do that stand culture stuff they like to pit people against each other or try to compare and contrast careers like oh this person sold more records this person has more fans this person and so that's what they do you know and I equip, I made the same comparison with the baby face and the Baker situation it's like like to you think it's you think it's really ideal to be like oh babyface got way more hits than Anita Baker do you like you really think you'll get props for that that's where my my thinking be like you yeah. really think you get validated but yeah if anything I was more so and I'm still not really caught up on the whole Anita Baker babyface thing and I think because I'm so tired of the riff and the back and forth I'm like this is all right. me. Right. It's not hip hop, you know. I was like, doing so coming from like the SMB and escape thing, and, and, and I'm like, oh my god, this, this is too much. So I, I did not fully invest into it, um, because my hope was like, this can't be true. I think I don't, I didn't want you to believe it, I think that's what it was, right? And know. yeah, I did, I think the only thing that I had for, like I said, is the people that's being disrespectful in the in their comments and just that made it the reason why she you know had him eventually not on her show anymore or on her uh tour dates anymore but what was that yeah, it's like 
What was the actual issue? The issue was, uh, well, with what started it off, because nobody was aware of this until Babyface posted on his page. I think he still has it on there. He basically said that he and he put in the because you can look look at it on his page. He basically said, just to paraphrase, that Miss Anita Baker's people uh, told him that he couldn't perform so she could have more of her set time. It was and from what some of the comments said that it was technical issues. And but what he didn't clarify was that the tech issues was on his end with the stuff that he had for his. It was mostly on his end was tech issues and he didn't want to perform. He didn't say that. He said he made it seem like she was the reason why. But it's like, no, you could have still performed, which he has. I said before, he had every right to not perform if his stuff isn't right. But don't try to frame it like it's her because it's her show. Now, you can't say she's being petty that she don't want to share her, you know, her set with him, you know, just to, so he can, you know. And then there was other stuff with the venue because I think um, the it was an NBA playoff game still going on or whatever. And so that was conflicting with the, the tour dates or whatever because they had scheduled it okay. for that time and the, the, the playoff games were still going on and they still need that venue, you know what I mean, okay, to right. do the okay, thing. Yeah. So it was that on top of that, but basically babyface didn't want to perform till his tech stuff for his show was good but by the time it was good it was running into her set and so he made the announcement to the people that paid for tickets to see him that i'm not going to be performing so look at that and that's what the issue was because the fans went eight went crazy okay said, and then like, and then People started bringing up old stuff from back in the day. The people she had situations with, they was like, "Oh, I be, she she's still up to her old nasty." Like they know her personally and was on tour yeah, when all these things were happening. Though, because yeah. when you think about some of the risks you've seen R and B artists, it just always tickles me so much. I don't know with rappers, it's like okay, whatever. But when it's like singers, I think it's hilarious. Like I did, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm just like, right. are you really decent with Anita? Or like, right. Andrew? Or like, Haley? Like, really? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it, it, it's funny to me. Yeah, but the fans, like they always do, take it to a whole nother level. Yeah. And then, I don't think, because uh, she's very active on Twitter, she didn't really address it. it they, they just kept, it was more stuff that was happening, I guess, more tech issues with his show. And people were complaining on her page about it. And she was like, this, this. And they were just getting, because I was watching the tweets and they was just being disrespectful saying, oh, you disrespect, why are you calling him a supporting act? Like, it's like, that's what he is, is a supporting act. And then they doing this headline. But oh, it's just okay. ridiculous. Yeah, it was that again. I was like, oh man, I'm getting Queens of R&B flashbacks again. <laughs> I was like, man, this is, yeah, but it, it went on with that, and then they were being very disrespectful because it was one guy on there. I was like, "Yo, my man, like that, you are too grown." Because I know you over thirty, you was too grown to be talking to elders like that. Like, I don't care if you want your money back, take it up with Ticketmaster. That is not her issue with your tickets of wanting to see Babyface. So, and I was just basically like, "What?" Right. And then the disrespect continued, and she said on Twitter, why is not Babyface not coming out and trying to get y'all in line? And I, I don't know if she personally asked him, 
that's behind the scenes stuff. But apparently he didn't because she said in a tweet, since he doesn't want to rectify this to y'all, then and just for my safety, because I think they were halfway threatening her. Some of them, they was getting real hostile with her. So I don't put it past nobody on the internet. But, but yeah, and she could block them and ignore them and do all that. But sometimes you just got to address the foolishness and put them in place. It's one of those kind of things where this kind of reminds me of the Janet Super Bowl situation with Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. is like you could have stood by her said said something you mm-hmm. really act like it was just like and I and mm-hmm. I and, I, and I, that's what I kind of feel with babyface like you could have clarified and yeah. her being a legendary artist you are too but come on now like you you could have army doesn't get enough and black artists don't get enough respect as is mm-hmm. right and that's one of your counterparts and even though he's gotten uh, you know a lot of praise sometimes especially when it's black women black female artists um they're not always as protected and i feel like in this case especially hearing you know what you what you shared you should have protected her mm-hmm. you should have clarified and said hey it's not a her thing it's me you know it's my tech issues and i want to make sure that i give you guys a full show a proper show which she paid for that could have been it that could have clarified who would have had a more of a understanding and not bashing her you know and making yeah. it her issue now crazy is she can let you use her set or whatever but it's like part of it is this well if i'm already waiting all day you know not all day but like an extended yeah. time before i can even get on because we're waiting for your stuff to be fixed it's like you might as well go ahead and fix it or don't cut into my show you know so i feel like maybe maybe the next show they you know if she wanted to she could have let him use her set so that may may have came up a little petty you know mm-hmm. but however in the biggest scheme of things like y'all need to figure this out like y'all exactly. in my mind y'all could have because there was nothing that could not have been fixed that's just what i think it's always the unex- inexperienced ones that's mess up people bags because it's like, of course, it's the internet a big deal, but these people, it's like, because like, I don't, I don't want to spend too much on it because I was one of the, I was like, we didn't got to a whole rant talking about this. I was like, I was gonna ask you some questions, get this started, <laughs> but yeah. just, okay. but just that whole situation is just bizarre. It's like yeah. people really have it in their heads, like they really think. They understand the industry, but they don't understand it's so many different levels to this. And you can't just in your head, you think something is happening. So that's the truth. And then that's it. And then nobody should question that logic because in your head, it makes sense because past stuff that you don't know about, you're associating with the artist. And because she has a bad reputation with personable interactions with certain celebrities or anybody she's interacted with you can't because I just look at the situation I was like oh I can see that but it's like like you said he has to take the accountability part of what that is and then these shows have curfews it's like you can't just you know you're not new to this Y'all know you gotta be out there thingy by a certain time and that also means cleanup needs to be done by a certain time yeah exactly but yeah you can't tell but these people know everything they they sold triple platinum records 
They they write for the greatest people on the internet. These people you've never heard of with 17 followers. You know, they know everybody. They know everything. They got private accounts, you know, so we can't see all the amazing things right. they do on their page. But they're going to tell you what that it is. <laughs> but, hard. you know, much blessings to Babyface yeah. and Miss Anita Baker, both yeah. legends. I would still be purchasing music and listening to the albums. I was, I'm probably going to queue up compositions at the wait what's today sunday i made i'm gonna queue up some some of her older records just because her se- late 70s records <laughs> but yeah baby face i'm always listening to baby face but yeah uh real quick we're gonna get into give, ask you some questions I, I call this like the genesis it's like the it's kind of blasphemous to say but it flows with me i think you call it the musical genesis usually with musical artists but we just gonna get to your 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 beginning stories. Like, what was it um, in terms of your passions? Did you uh, lean towards anything specific when you were uh, a child? Oh my goodness! So it's funny you said that. Coming up, um, very into fashion, very into music. Um, that was an automatic given because um, I was around it a lot um my family was always listening to music around the house and my mom and you know watching the box and and the videos and being very inspired and both my mom and dad are very fashion forward um and so just being around them and then i think i connected i connected with certain artists not also because of their music and who and what my mom and dad were and family were listening to but i noticed um the connection between them and my family because of what they would wear and they're kind of like their style and my mom was a huge in vogue fan so i mean she wore the little dresses the last night like, i mean she was yeah you know she, she was there right and, yeah and, and my dad just reminds me of like a combination of like a nino brand with something like a you know a combo okay and so um I always connected with that bad boy, you know, um, era and style, like fabulous, but have like a like it's like urban still a little bit, um, a little like flash, and so all that kind of just combined, and then it kind of just inspired me. Um, I've always been thinking with that, and so later on, as I you know got older, I was modeling. Well, I was in pageants first as a kid, and then got into modeling and dancing and everything. And, um, I just started creating fashion shows and events and choreography and it led me to everything else and then I realized that hey this is an actual career path of being a creative director and then doors opened up into those fields based off of like my um fashion shows and events and productions and I would compete and stuff like that and um I did all that through college as well so um just those are my early beginnings and inspirations um between I mean my lord I mean even before that that's like my grandmother like you know she introduced me to the Jones girls and the emotions you know um and my mom and, and from her and my mom you know Phyllis Hyman so looking at these women right very stylish very and my my grandmother um, when I was younger she used to dress like Phyllis Hyman and Penny LaBelle and stuff like that and 
Um, and again, those, those are all inspirations and the music and the harmonies. And I just, I just always had a keen ear to, to art, to the arts. Yes, to the arts. Just between I'm, the visuals and the music. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that era because it was like you and you mentioned the box. You mentioned that was my like introduction. You know, outside of like because uh, the most that was fashion forward to me was like in church like seeing people dress up like that was my first experience and then you know going to school like back in the day like going to school yeah. for me like when your first day of school like you get that outfit out, like that was a big yeah. deal you know that was the vibe. like that that was the right. thing i remember those 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 nights you know, when you put out your outfit, you know, for the first day. And I used to have sleep closet for the first week. Like I'm ready. Like, let's get it. Right. You know. And so and I'm glad that you brought that up because that is so true. And church, because I am a church kid. I grew up yeah. in church. I was a choir kid. Um, so I mean, I am used to seeing big hats, suits and the ties and the ascots and just, you know, and mm-hmm. as you can see it. I am a member of Kappa Alpha Psi, so that, okay. <laughs> so okay. that that also was, you know, because that was my first introduction to that when I was little at Morgan State. Um, it was actually young men um, that were members of Kappa that came and did our um, coaching and trainings with us, and so just like so many different inspirations, and, and then listening to gospel artists like the Clark Sisters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, Shirley Caesar, um, my God, um, Mighty Files of Joy, um, Rance Allen, and then Kirk Franklin, and then you get into the Hezekiah Parker, and the Ricky Dillard, and the, you know, like it gets, yeah. So all of these things were kind of like inspirational. Because even now, like Ricky Dillard is one of the one of the best dressed men in gospel. You know, like in the the theatrics and everything, and me being a choir kid, and liking choir music. I mean, Q, I was inspired by so many. It was just so much around me, um, but music was always at the core of that. Music inspired, like those were always at the core, and that's what I just related to. And it just, it's still to this day, is a big part of me. I can be in the car driving and hear songs and bust out laughing smile, shed a tear, you know, because it'll take me back to a place right. so I can visually, you know, remember when I first heard those songs. Um, yeah. And I was into music videos hard. So, like, I mean, that Frank Gatson, I mean, he was one of the big inspirations. Yeah. Legend. Um, yeah, because watching the work that he did with Michael Jackson and, 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 and Vogue, oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. that whole Funky Divas era. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, it, it was oh, and then little Cam and your Foxies and your Trini like I yeah and your Missies and your you know that and cause because the reality is before and my mom is always giving things custom made I had already seen pasties before Little Cam had even did it. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't my first time. So I was like, oh, like you know, I mean, you know, and when you have a young mom, um, she's in her early twenties. Like you're growing up together, so whatever hot right now, she's in June, you know, right. and that's coming home. So yeah, those are those early, 
That was the best times. I think I didn't even realize until you said that, like how big like fashion was. Like, especially if you were like a kid growing up in the 90s, like that was like, that's when, because hip hop was such an integral part. And because people really, I, I don't know the experience outside of the 90s where fashion wasn't, because you had Car Kanab, you had Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger was really big, yes. like mid 90s. Yeah. Every, I think everybody had uh, Tommy Hilfiger was wearing that like mid 90s. It was just that era, because once, Aaliyah dropped and then she was doing certain uh, TV shows where she was wearing it. Everybody had all the girls were wearing that. And then some of the men had the, I think it was like LL Cool J or somebody uh, I forgot, like TV shows even like all Fubu, that in the house, Gashmi, FUBU Gashmi. yeah, all that. Yeah, it was it was, it was like, a time. Yeah. A time. <laughs> we both had to say though, because it's like that's the only way to describe it because Kids now, like generational Z's that's born, like it's so weird thinking of kids born in the 2000s, like post. It's so like, crazy. No yeah, they don't. Yeah, it was like such a music, like hip hop is an integral part now, but it's it was so different from back then because it was everywhere. It was like, and you couldn't escape hip hop, like the, the meshing with, with, like you said, you mentioned uh, your father, like being a mix of Puffy, like, like Puffy gave. Cause Andre Hill gave him his flowers, like you know, he gave it that look and that that style. Cause, yes. and then also can't forget about Misa Hilton, you know, some of yes. those artists from there. Oh, so it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, she's so yeah, legendary. <laughs> and it was just what you could you Ever couldn't escape it. Yes. Yeah, like that whole about and I, I seen it, I experienced mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, and, and had custom pieces and, and the Dapper Dance and you get the, the oh, wow. replicas and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so yes, like that was a big, big, big part. Yes. I don't even know if kids still do this, but like you were mentioning, um, like putting the outfit out, oh, I couldn't sleep at night because I couldn't wear, couldn't wait to put it on no, the next day. We go the next day, oh, and then I'm sure it's different because I don't know if they still got the pencil sharpeners, the manual one where you could go to the thing. Oh, I would get up from my desk at least two, three times, uh, uh, whatever period we were in. It was like just to show the just show the outfit because I want you to see me. I want you to see right exactly. I'm like I would go to that that pencil sharpener three, four times in the classroom. I was just I mean one time I intentionally broke it just so I could go around again and see this outfit. <laughs> funny right look it was it was just it was just it was just different and then the trends that are happening well i guess we get out of later now but these trends are happening now some sometimes you would get clowned for that like back in the day that some things are trending like the the one the the pants that look like capris almost like they're not all the way up but they at the ankle and I ain't gonna hate. I got I got a couple I got a couple that that are young because they're starting to make women's leggings and pants like that to where they're. But I'm like, man, this this was you were getting clown if you had these on 20 years ago. So it's crazy Things the fashion for so stuff. Much. Yeah, it, but, right. But I love it though. I feel like. Yeah. You know, things should evolve, but it's so funny because some things have came right back around, you know, mm-hmm. even being an um, educator as well, and talking to, like, my high school kids, and when I see them at prom, they're getting their dresses made, and I remember I told 
one student. I said, okay, with the Tony Braxton split. She's like, Tony Braxton. I said, girl, that was that was a signature. Yeah, that was a signature style for her. Yeah. The high split. And so I showed mm-hmm. her, I said, girl, you ain't done nothing new. It's been done. <laughs> Mm-hmm. been done you know it's oh my god i didn't know she wore something like this i said yes <laughs> yeah it's not- just like yeah it's just like the men with these uh the like the way they wear those pants i was like well there's a few of them that, that wore that style like tony 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 mm-hmm. uh with the different colored shirts and the button up all the way they were doing that and they and think the they're doing stuff like and then the hairstyles like uh, those men with the braids and the fade at the same yeah. time. I'm like, uh, it's a whole, it's so many movies. Like you watch Menace to like, Daylight. Like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, Leaders of the New School, that whole vibe. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's vibe. That's They've been did that. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I got the Tevin Campbell braids. I was like, Tevin Campbell. I was like, he had that. <laughs> That's the reference I use all the time. I was like, oh, they got the Tevin Campbell braids. I was like, that's an old reference. Most people don't even get because they, they're not of the era, so they wouldn't would, they around, so they don't get I was like, oh, he got the Tevin Campbell. They was like, who? What? I was like, yeah, he had braids. In the... <laughs> but yeah, you. Uh, the, the next one I was going to ask you correlated with that is, okay, so... You're, you're inspired by what you're seeing on TV. You got the the fashion forwardness in the household as well. Is there any artist? I know you named like a bunch of them that you're inspired by, but when you looked at, you was like, I want to dress like that, or you just you took that and made it wanted wanted to come to life and create it yourself when you were younger. Yes, I wanted to be Puff Daddy. <laughs> Period. Take that, take that. <laughs> I mean, fly, you know, like I'm seeing him in the Versace sunglasses and shirts and, the, and it's, it's the yacht, it's the, it's the, you know, it's the whole thing. Um, and those early years, and then seeing him dressing, he just always, that whole Kim, Kim, you know, Murray J, like that, that was just a vibe. As I got older, um, Pharrell was a huge inspiration. Okay. Pharrell, Andre 3000, always. Okay. Um, and um, Kanye, the early years of Kanye. Um, absolutely. For, for, yeah, the first couple, yeah, I was, yeah, they were dealt with some, and you could kind of, and if you ever look at my page, I always tell people, and me just over the years, you can kind of see the influence. Um, even still today, you can definitely see a lot of influence of Pharrell, Laundry 3000, and what I wear today. Mm-hmm. Even still, but yeah, you, yeah. I always was very, I always was just was drawn to the very trendy fashion forward guy. So when like Pharrell was on the hats and like shirts, and then you had like, um, during that love below mm. era of Andre 3000 and this very quirky and you know very prep but very mm-hmm. um and tailored and so yes yes Andre 3000 Puff Daddy Pharrell those three absolutely and you know what I actually I actually can see the Andre 3000 uh influence because uh, one it was a, a few of your suits. The way it's uh tailored, because I'm sure you, all your suits are tailor made, because they look like they they fit you very like very well. But it was that style of it 
uh, he wore something, your style, I could see it. Uh, he, it was like a BT Awards. I forgot what year it was. I think it was like 03 or 04. Whatever one they had the Slick Rick on when they did the the, yeah. okay. the hip hop thing, it kind of reminded me that. I don't know if he had a full suit on, but it was just the way the cop, the, um, the the shirt the dress shirt was it remind, the way you wear your cuffs it, it looked like that and I was like oh so I definitely yeah, see that and like mixing up prints and colors and stuff like that and patterns like I, I'm into all of it I am I am in in, in you know in fur and fur. like I yeah I want it all <laughs> see you just made you made a question just pop in my head with the mixing of patterns see when I was growing up they said stripes with stripes if it's stripes if you're gonna do a color you do a solid with it like so if you got a striped shirt on you wear solid and then polka dots do you mix match I, I, I feel like that standard rule with fashion I feel like I don't know who made it up but it just from around my way that's how they did it they said polka dots you yeah. keep with a solid so when I was coming up early, yes I remember that that was like it was almost as if it's being like Tacky or country, mm-hmm. you know, right. or Bama, like as they would say in the DMV area, if you were like kind of doing that. Um, but over time, it changed. Um, because I always was like, no, I just done right, you know. But I was saying, I mean, I would have like GQ magazines, and I noticed in GQ they were doing that. Okay, they were mixing up the patterns and stuff like like. GQ, um, oh my god, another one I used to love. Um, oh my god, I have like a complex, complex okay. magazine. Um, so, and I was into it. So, I was saying, I was like, wait, this can be done. Right, this has to be done right. People would kind of tie it in with like the different patterns, like socks and stuff like that, and different colors and stuff like that. So, it was, yeah, it can be done. But I do remember that rule. And that kind of like that stigma, like, no, you don't do that. Right. And from from that, the reason why I, I brought that up, because that's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, go to my next question. Like, you said you from, you're from Baltimore, right? Baltimore all day. I know, the accent is there. I mean, when we did the... Um, the Instagram live when we did the recap, the recap of the yeah. Queens of R&B show I was like you was using where I was like oh he definitely from <laughs> I was like he definitely from Baltimore oh, I was like the, oh man the way y'all say words it, that's a that's a whole podcast within itself a Amen. whole episode it's just that it's like my favorite top two accents is Baltimore and New Orleans top Girl, favorite of all time so funny is if like people like people other natives from here feel like I don't sound as much like I'm from Baltimore. But people who aren't from here are like, oh, I could tell all day. But here they be like, you don't sound. And that's just like, I had some friends and some family members that had some cool, some thick, heavy accents and how they say certain words and stuff like that. Like, yeah. The twos and the doos and the oh man, that shit is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. And I was like, I'm mostly just like hearing it so I can laugh, but it's like I appreciate it because that's what I know. It's like in Philly, Philly, it's like oh my I could t- and it's two top. I think two top 
cities that the or just states that they don't think they have accents new york or i feel like new york people know but uh philly people don't think they have accents i think in uh california for sure and cali people swear they don't i'm like yes y'all do y'all sound like y'all in the ice cube video like every time i talk to certain certain areas i think so like yeah oakland 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 Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thick accents, like San Fran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those those areas, yes. But like LA, and I, I don't see like the accent. Your there. accent just came out there in area. Yeah, it's right. See, area. It comes I know, out. Right. I know it comes out randomly. I know, right? But yeah, but definitely Philly. I love Philly accents. New Orleans. Yeah, because they think they speak in correct. The reason why New York people don't think they got accent because they think the way they speaking is correct. That's where the moment they because they one of them said coffee. I was like, I can't even fix my mouth to say coffee. That's so much effort for me. To, it's coffee. It's not right. coffee. That that's so like that's so much effort to say that. Because I said pecan. They say uh, someone say pecan. I say pecan. That's what we say where I'm from. We say pecan. I- I'll say both. Like I'll say <clears throat> butter pecan or butter pecan. Like these are it depends on like how right. it comes And then some people say soda. I say soda. People where I'm from say pop. I just say soda because that's soda. what I grew up saying. We say soda, yeah. We don't say Some pop. people from the south and then caramel car- caramel versus caramel. I say caramel. It looks like the way it sounds. Caramel. Yeah. Caramel. If it's caramel, C A R M E L. Like that's how caramel. That's what caramel. Like, why is right. it all these syllables if it's supposed to be caramel? That don't make right. sense to me. But that's true. Yeah. Either way, less uh uh accent lessons for another episode. But <laughs> get back to uh, these questions. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to bring it up because you're you're you have that unique. I just wanted to you know acknowledge that part. I love I love people I from Baltimore love the accents. Right. <laughs> I embrace it. Yeah. And then I'm going to stay on a little bit more because I really want to know because you're a creative director in fashions and I'm glad I have somebody on to talk fashion because I normally don't. I think I've done maybe two interviews where I interviewed somebody that was in the fashion world. But since that's, you know, part of your repertoire, I was like, let's 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 talk about this a little more because I'm interested in more so the thought process behind where they get to where they're at and usually it stems from childhood stuff so we get we've talked about uh the visionary side of like seeing it and then replicating it in real life what it what is it about it in particular that that whether you were in school want to pursue it where did that transition to oh i actually want to become like the pageants how did all of that happen well (laughs) definitely the pageant came out of nowhere, to be honest. It it was a school thing. Um, okay. I was in preschool, and they had like this. Um, it was like fun, it started off as a fundraiser, and um, they had all the kids in it or whatever. My son was so excited about it. Had like my three different little outfits and stuff, and getting ready, and yeah. And we were practicing and. I liked the reaction I was getting from the, from the staff when I would model. They like, look at him! Oh my god! And I was like, okay. And I remember um, the 
lady who was coordinating it, we were doing like this creative kind of runway where we were going like from here to there, like you know, different stopping points or whatever. And I was able to just pick it up just like that. And that wasn't, and a lot of my peers, mind you, were like five. Like, yeah. Okay. So this is seeing kind of a little, like, a lot from my peers. <laughs> but it, I just enjoyed it, and it was just like a rush. And then I was like, okay, where where I'm from, fashion shows is a big thing, especially amongst high schools and the colleges and stuff like that. And um, I had been to so many different high school shows. And like, it's, it's like a big ordeal where they have, like, big competitions and everything. And then you have, like, local community teams and groups. And I started diving into that. And I was like, I want to do my own. Like, I want to have, have my own company, my own team, and produce my own shows. And I remember um, I was in high school and I came up with my first team. It was called Headliners. And okay. I, that came, I was inspired by Sister Act 2. When we'll be oh. opening, <laughs> I, I opening act. I, joyful, I, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. I was like, hmm. And, yeah. I did, and what do you do when, like, back in the day, when you didn't fully know what something totally meant, you look it up, right? You went to, went to that dictionary. And, you yeah. know, and when I read it, I was like, oh, this is powerful. Like, this is, this, yeah, this has weight to it. And I'm like, that'd be dope for a modeling team. And like, we're called the Headliners. And um, I started studying like Ebony Fashion Fair and how they did shows. And I started incorporating that into my um, shows. And at 15, I produced my first fashion show, um, sold out. And it was just awesome. And my mom was a big part of that. Um, and she was very supportive and I started coming up with all these ideas and I remember watching like the VMAs, right? The VMAs and the Soul Train Awards. Well then you're seeing these artists have these amazing performances. And I just started kind of coming like that. Like what if I, you know, create it and I may take a little snippet of it and add my own flair to it. And um and I was coming up with the costumes as well and how they would, you know, how they would look and working with the designers and stuff like that. And it just kind of became a thing and it became like a business and a hustle. Um, and I was, I just took it all in. And when, once I went to school, um, when I went to college, well, when I went to high school, like, sorry, senior year, I definitely knew, I said, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. This is, this is the field for me because I felt the most confident in it. It came to me naturally. I knew that it wouldn't feel like work. And um, I got into the Laboratory Institute of Merchandising in New York when it's top schools. And but it was so expensive, so I, I couldn't go. Um, but we had the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. And that is when HBCU, and that is when things went up. Like it went up. I mean, I thought it opening up to different things where I was no longer just producing fashion shows. I was producing the pageants and the coronations. So very much so like the school days, you see teacher camp okay. and the camera raise and everyone. I started doing that. And I was the one choreographing those things, the big coronations and stuff like that. And um for the Mr. and Mrs. pageants and then um I would help the, the fraternities I would help 
definitely had their black, their black, their black, black and gold pageants, and I had a couple of the Miss Crimson and Cream. So that I became like the go-to guy, right, to for a training, choreographing, producing, like that was my thing. And I studied abroad in London and Paris, and my 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 mind started just just going, and I started to bring what I was learning overseas back here. And, okay. and bringing that to the DMV and still having our flair, right? But mixing the world of like that tour was the Ebony Fashion Fair and that, you know, that urban life. So it, it became a thing. And um, I kept doing it even after um, college, because even in college, I was doing that and doing photo shoots. We had a photography department, and I used to go, I used to, when the, um, photographers they used to have a end of the year exhibit and so I would come to, I would work with them and help direct their shoot help them find models help them find clothes and we would just come up with all these different crazy ideas and I started to build a portfolio and from there I mean kept, things kept literally progressing too. like it was non-stop so when 2010 I started Call for Glam and by 2016, I made a registered um, business in LLC, and I owned the name and licensed it. And I started going into different schools and coaching kids and producing them. I was going to colleges and everything. And then I said, well, I want to do this with artists, but I never knew how to get into that room of things for artists. So I knew that that's what I've always wanted. I knew that I'd get like. Especially girl groups. I don't know what it was about girl groups. I just, yeah, I guess because I was working with, you know, young ladies and models and them being on the same footing mm-hmm. and sinking, boom, boom, boom. I was like, okay, I want to work with a girl group. And I was so, like, again, I was so inspired by Invoke and just how they, and then once you had TLC and then Destiny Child, like those groups that were actually doing like movement performance and the outfits, like, I mean, I can tell you, like, TLC, VMAs, 95, epic. And black and white <laughs> outfits, epic. Oh, yeah. 1999, VMAs with the red, the, you know, the no scrubs and the dance, too much, you know, like, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just pouring from it and pulling from it. You got the Britney Spears era and the Christina's and the, so I'm being exposed um, to all these different things. And so I just kept doing it. And I remember... I was still having my shows and events and I, was, and I branched off into like event planning not just doing shows anymore and I was on the competition I mean and then Coach G kind of came about because I was working with so many kids students in schools and competing and we were winning um, and so it later went down to the pandemic because I was still I mean still being I mean I was doing a lot I was moving into and I've always been a love for music. I was the kid that was reading the credits, everything. And I know this was like a long answer. I'm wrapping up. No, but, you're fine. You're fine. But, I, but, but you got me thinking now. I'm like, hey, a lot was happening in these in these years. Um, but once we, once the pandemic hit, and I couldn't do any more shows. Like, we would stop. I mean, I was in mid-production of a show at the time. And I said, okay, well, I needed to get some type of creative outlet out, and I knew that I was a lover of music, and 
how to you know get to Instagram live and all that stuff going on and it went from me doing getting on live just just to talk trash in general just to have like a little cut up with friends and people's like you are interested like y'all have you have some good things to talk about and I'm like okay so I went from that and that was and that was cool and that was actually called no goofy shit and that was that was that was fun and so I said okay well what is going to be my consistency in this like what 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 is this show really about right like is this going to be because I, I originally envisioned it being almost like a breakfast club a breakfast club of like music and R&B mm-hmm. right and different things and you know whatever but then I was like okay well we know that all the hot topics and things and you had like the verses once verses started happening I started getting recaps I said people were like oh my god you know catalog and I said okay we're going to start doing something called Soulful Sundays and I said, I know so much, and I want to kind of tap into that arena, like hosting and, you know, all the different things. And I remember, I said, I got to get, like, an artist on. I wonder who would, like, really, you know, like, who's going to really come on? Because at this time, I'm not known for this, and we're just on, like, IG. And I remember Mila was on live with another interviewer. And it was really good. I was like, hmm. And I just DM'd her. I DM'd her. Like, right. I actually DM'd her while she was on live. And because I figured by the time she get off, she might check her messages. Right? I reached out to her. And she said, oh, absolutely, sweetie. Email this person here. I got a response the next day. She know me from a can of paint. And I'm just like, oh my god! And that's why I gave her so much props because she literally helped kick down this this soulful Sunday experience, which we're now what three years in. Oh wow! Three years in, and once she did it, you know, I started thinking, okay, I want to reach out to people that have inspired me or that I like. And I remember I was watching Oprah's Legends Ball, and I when I said, oh my god, what if I did that before the ones that are for me, right? So I was mm-hmm. like. To have your brownstones, your invokes, your SWVs, your escapes, your your Jay Holidays, and your Donald Jones, and your Charlie Jones of the Jones Girls. You, like, my, I mean, you have it. Oh, Lord. And these are all people that I've interviewed. Tweet from Next and 112. And, like, everything kind of just started going. And, I, and that's how the show just started. I mean, I was getting yes after yes. Cece Peniston. I mean, I just, it just started... And I think at the time people realized, I think a lot of artists realized that it's it's not really always about, you know, being on the big TV. Because at that time you couldn't, no one was on TV, for real, for real. Like you were all being like via whatever. And I think they were like, this is the time for me to connect with my, you know, fans and the, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, they were a lot more open to Join these type of platforms and it just it just went up and I remember I actually helped um start the SWV and escape versus thing like I kind of put it out there and it, and it and it became a big a big thing and then Tamika Scott had like a competition and to have like a special guest and I won 
and again things just I mean the doors were just they just opened and then I went you know, I went to Atlanta um, I met a friend one of my closest friends now um, Isaac and he introduced me to Brandy Brandy was having sorry Brandy was having an event and I went to her event and I met her and it just I mean it just started going it just started going to, to now you know where three is and I've interviewed all these people and I remember the, the way I got to working with artists was uh, by me doing these interviews and meeting them and everything and getting connected, I was able to share other talents. Like, oh, I do this, this, this. and it wasn't really trying to get a job. We were just right. talking. Just talking. Just talking. And I remember <laughs> I had went through a really bad breakup, right? I had called off my engagement and I ran to New York City to get away. And I went to an Invogue show. I seen Invogue was going to be at Sony Hall, and I had always wanted to see them live. I said, "Oh my God, I'm going." Well, lo and, lo and behold, I come into the I come into Sony Hall, and these three girls sit and they I'm like, something. and then I realized who they were because they had been on my show. It's Allure. It's Allure. Okay. And I'm like, hey, like, oh my God, what's up? So we're, we're talking and everything. And the funny thing is, I still had on my ring. And I don't know what made me just tell them my business. But I told them <laughs> and they was uh, like, why you still got your ring on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You didn't even realize it, right? <laughs> I, I didn't. And it's one of those like take this ring off type of moments, and mm-hmm. I thought it was so funny because these people that I adore, right? Musically, right. and so mm-hmm. for us to be having a real life, like this ain't you know, we having real life conversation right now, and we just started talking. And before I know it, they said, "Hey, well, would you want to work with us?" Because they they took me backstage to meet and vote too. I met them, and so they said, "Would you want to work with us?" Because I expressed them like you know, the different things that I've done and so they was like we want to um we want to bring you in and I'm like I'm totally down I thought they were kind of like joking at first until it's like literally two months later I get a phone call and it's them and they're like hey we've been asked to honor the Jones girls as um the National R&B uh, Music Society gala Oh my god, and y'all want me to help put it together. Okay. And I did, and I went to New York a few times, I came to Baltimore a few times, and it was like a dream come true because I'm working with a girl group, but I'm but in the midst of that we're honoring another girl group who I've been inspired who I like I know that was a long way to go. No, you're fine. You're flowing perfectly. Go ahead. This is just it just shows you how, like, you just never know how things are going to happen because that wasn't even a forced thing. It just happened. And then work from working with them, and I got to be able to, like, solve them and everything. And for the legendary Shirley Jones of Legend Jones Girls to tell me, first, first of all, for me to stand by her and watch her shed tears as she's watching this tribute because I also helped pick the songs. So, like, it, it, it was, it, like, to be that hands-on and for her to tell me that that was the best tribute she had ever seen, put more like 
come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to yes. Elijah, and for Elijah to tell you, like, that was us. And I already had her on my show as well. And so, again, and now we're close. She calls me her nephew. So it's just like now, you know, to be able to have these moments and to get paid for it, don't you? Um, <laughs> okay, right, that part. <laughs> I had to get a check. Yeah. I said, this is what it means to live out your dreams. Mm-hmm. That was that was one of the moments I really was like, I am living out my dreams, and that opened up doors, you know, for me to work with um, SWB. You know, when we did they did three picnic, I found Lily. Um, you know, we did that, and that was awesome. And um, I have just been asked to work with Cut Close not too long ago. Okay. We started work doing some things um so when that comes together i can't wait for people to see that and um i'll be actually right back in new york when i switch up to new york i'll be with mm-hmm. working on some new stuff so, oh nice yeah so that's dope yeah and we're actually gonna go see tweet because tweet has a show july the 10th. oh yeah she sure does yeah in new york so it just opened up a lot of doors um and i am enjoying that I've been able to dabble into so many different areas, you know, in fashion, still being like in entertainment and in music, and you know, it's it's been it's been a good damn time. Man, that I relate to that a hundred percent because it's literally the same as being the that journey, same as musician, and it's mostly what you said that what you're doing is the quality of work that you're doing is shown and then people see and it's like oh this this and the third and the punctuality the quality that's all in this business that's all that's looked at and sometimes people that if they move up in certain rankings they get the big head sometimes and they lack in that and they think just because and it's it's those that you deal with that and sometimes the team around them deal with it because the check may be good or yeah. you know but most of the time oh good no I'm sorry people used to not used to but sometimes some people like for me I'm proud of the work you know that I've done and that I will continue to do and some people be like well you know you don't want to work with like Beyonce or somebody or like you know like a seven streeter or, or whatever um and it's not that that will be an issue, you know, that's not a problem. But I enjoy working with my legendary artists. I do, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a whole lot of fluff and bluff that we come in, I get the work done, the check is cut, cut. They respect my time and I go home. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We may kick it, of course, because, you know, you build, you know, you build a rapport, but, you know, for where I am at in life right now, it works. Mm-hmm. for me and sometimes being in amongst all that hoopla ain't that's the thing with people they think and it's it you is know, a slight and- diss I always when people say that I feel like that's a diss to and they may not be blatantly do it but it's right. it's it's a diss to the legendary artists like if they may not they're not have the same line like they did when they first came out and it's the, that's why it's indicative of how this R&B market is it in is. terms of touring because there's no reason why all these fantastic legendary groups that happened in the 90s, 80s and 70s shouldn't be doing super stadium 
bookings like the Rolling Stones and all that. But I think that's, again, I feel like black people, we have such a big reputation of just throwing away and just going, go out with the old and in with the new. And it's like, at some point, you're going to become old. And that's where that mentality of like, and that's why I feel like it's indicative of our culture because people be going through these crises. Like, if people in their 30s, 40s right now, I just talked about this last episode to where they see these younger artists coming up and instead of reflecting of, oh, that's for somebody my nieces or my daughter's age, it's supposed to reflect me. No, it doesn't reflect you anymore. You're not the core demographic anymore and so with that they can't move on to oh because that person's booked for a 90s gig that I can't intend that because you may look the perception is I'm I'm old or whatever and it's like no that's your demographic that's who you're supposed to be listening to still that's who you're that's your you know and and the thing is that people don't even understand it is a blessing and a privilege you still be able to work exactly exactly so i don't care if the artist came out 30 years ago i'm working exactly <laughs> i'm working exactly and those things all led because not only did it lead to SFB, you know, I mean, it also led me right back to charlie jones because i she did a video for her song soul stopping in london and i choreographed the line dance that goes with it right oh nice and um i also am about to start working with her on some um stuff for her background dances i mean her background background singers i'm sorry mm-hmm. um so again it's it's working you know and these are artists that continuously are working they're on the road you know they're they're doing the shows it may not always be in a big arena or a stadium but they're working exactly and, and people yeah i work <laughs> Right. And, and and that's what it is. And people, like I said, people have this perception of the industry that because you're in the know that that's always equated to that. No, sometimes they're getting gypped. The, the more newer you are, the more they're not as experienced. The, the tour, what touring does is give you that leg up on understanding how it works and how to cut with people that don't handle money that that don't do the, the money management properly with promoters promotional companies certain ones but when they're in a certain small demographics it's easy for because it was uh what was it tiana taylor had a situation with jeremiah like mm-hmm. of course jeremiah has one his but tiana taylor's profile is the one that's going to sell the tickets yes jeremiah it may have more hits than her, but her presence in fashion, like she's such a multifaceted person. Yeah. Ticket wise, she I, I had seen uh there's a couple of people I know that were on her team and just how she prepares for shows. That's why she can do what she does now with the directing and with coaching yeah. other artists on how to have stage presence because she was already doing that. She was already in the making of that when she got on the tour. And what happened was Jeremiah's people had issues with Tiana Taylor, whatever was going on, Tiana Taylor was like, you know what, I don't need this tour. You know, I got other things I was in at the time. This was after she did the Kanye video and her, you know what I mean? It was already, she already had the buzz happening back in her career. And that's what jump started it. And so she didn't need it. And what happened was he ended up getting, because they didn't, they didn't, because when you look at the sales and the tickets 
she was the one putting the butts in the seat. And they were, and people just thought that's a, an example of trying to throw somebody away just because you feel, oh, you know, she may be a has been, she hasn't had a record out, but no, you're not paying attention with the behind the scenes. Because that's the thing, people don't understand. That's why people are shocked that she's doing the things that she's doing because they don't understand people we do stuff behind the scenes that you're never going to be aware of they write songs they get publishing they get royalties and so whether or not you see them on a, a platform doesn't mean they're not working behind the scenes or they can have longevity with the publishing because those checks are, are are really great they're not tv checks where oh it goes from forty thousand to two dollars in 10 years like no those are steady right. And then the more it's on movie channels, the more it's on uh, commercials, the more they run it. Those those never go out of style. Commercials always want safe music. Safe music is the 90s, 80s, the ones with no cursing. You're not going to, and, no, and it's no disrespect to the newer artists, but all that vulgarity and all that stuff, they're not going to pay for that on TV. making timeless music. Right. These songs. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. These songs will not stand the test of time in 10 years they will be non-existent no one will think about these songs well that is and the thing is most of them aren't edited for radio unless they're with a, a, a record label if it's independent like these records that are popping without a record label some of that music's not going to translate over to a mainstream platform because it has too much vulgarity and they haven't edited for radio or for right. tv and so, but yeah, you're, everything that you're talking, speaking to is the replicate of that. And it, it just speaks to the genuineness of how you're approaching coming in, into it. Because a lot of times people get the wide-eyed, flashy thing. They get a little bit of the, oh, I talked to this artist, or I, I did this for that. And they live in the yesteryear. That's why I got, I mean, to each their own. That's not my thing. I don't like Cause, cause the the last thing that the reason why I put it in perspective, cause with musicians, we could be on tour, do a twenty city tour. I'm talking about stadium field, but that may be our last gig for that year. And yeah, it may last for a few months. But what you gonna do after that? And the thing is, people don't look at the after fact with anything. It's always that's why when you see certain artists, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I got this going on. I got a TV show doing this. I got this hair hair uh, care line thing going on. I got makeup. I got nail polish. I got that stuff going on. Because, unfortunately, in this music business, not saying it doesn't pay well, but you have some projects get stalled. It's like sometimes it's the producer. Sometimes it's the record label if you're under or it's so, many so much stuff. And then yeah. right certain levels. I remember uh, mm -hmm. I just watched um, the Terrell show. He had TMRI on. Um, mm -hmm. This was an old episode. No, not, well, not really old. Not, not too old. Pretty recent. Anyway, he had her on and he was asking her like about the Sister Sister reboot, right? Mm -hmm. So he was, she was talking like, oh, we're totally down. Everybody was totally down. She was like, but what people don't realize is it became too difficult to do because it's a rights issue, which I never realized. Mm -hmm. It was on four different networks. I yeah. never realized that. It was on, I think, ABC, yep. WB, Fox, um, no, WB, Disney, 
mm-hmm. and then one other one. It might have been five, but again, these are mm-hmm. four networks, and it's like we got. Oh, oh, and then it's also on Netflix streaming. Like so, let's, <laughs> so yeah. Like, I think BT. I think BT had for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, how do we? Go about this with this one show has been on so many different networks, so it's like everybody kind of own a little piece of something to it, mm-hmm. and it's just it's too it was it was going to be too many too much too many I'm sorry clearances that had to go through, and I was like, huh. But again, this is why though it's smart to have some type of input ownership, have different streams of income, and have your have your hands in, in a lot of different things because. You don't know when your next hit is going to be. When your next, I don't know the next time I may be direct for an artist. I don't know when I may, you know, probably like I don't know when that last thing is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But what I do know is that I'm educated. I have degrees. I, you know, I'm about to, I'm going to be a professor soon. You know, teaching the teaching and fashion programs at colleges that's part of my thing i have a production company and and event planning so i I have that and i still have connects with you know artists and stuff like that i have the you know social sundays and this and so again there are so many different things going on so that i'm still having that outlet so one be creative two have other sources of income you know, and and be willing to tap into some things. Because truthfully, I would now want to get into TV a little, bit, a little, you know, a bit mm-hmm. more. Um, because I'm like, dang, why don't you got to be one Carlos King? Why don't you have to be one Andy Cohen? You know, right. <laughs> like, it right. could, like you know, I could yeah. I could tap into the anime. Not be necessarily the same type of shows, but similar shows or whatever. You know, um, and I because that's things that I would like to do. You know, I even thought about being a role manager. Oh, nice! Yeah, definitely, definitely need some more uh, good people in that. So yeah, yeah, that's you know, I thought about that. You know, um, but but it's all going to be good because I'm about to get my master's. Um, I'll be done next year. It's in marketing, but with a with a concentration in brand management and PR. So it's like it's it, it all time. You know, again, it's yeah. all these different. I am providing, allowing myself to have all these different avenues that I can go into. That's dope, because that's the thing, because back in the day, that's why I love kids now that are growing up in this era to where they can, the, the ones that do influencing, they're tapping into all those different spaces, like you're saying. I love that those that are doing that are tapping into that, because back in the day, it was like you had three engineer lawyer doctor it was like you had to have or if you worked in a uh or from the midwest like i am a factory job with a 401k and as long as you <laughs> as long as you, you got paid vacations and all that stuff that's that's living to them your, your car paid for and house and stuff that's it that's living that's it that's all that's all the life they want is just that that's but it. For creatives, it was hard growing up in that era, you know, pre-internet because you didn't have the visual of that. So, like, you had to imagine if you wanted to be in entertainment, what it was by watching it on TV. Like, you were in close proximity, like Los Angeles or New York, where those chances were likely if you were wanted to pursue entertainment, you had any, you know, in terms of film and TV, you had the studios in Los Angeles and New York. You had the Broadway, 
for actors or the different universities that cater to the performing arts, you, right. you're close to that. Just like with you, with the performing, I'm sure there's a lot of performing arts centers in Baltimore. Uh, a lot of famous people came from there, Jane Pickett Smith and, you know, Tupac and all that stuff. So they had, you know what I mean, to keep the dream going. And for me, I'm from the Midwest. So I, the only time I saw entertainment was on TV and at church. That was it. And okay. so moving outside of the box, it was like working with other musicians that toured outside of Oklahoma. It was like, oh, I have something to move towards. And I had friends that connected me. It was random. It was like, he was like, come to, when I was in Los Angeles, I was interning at a radio show. That's how I know how to book guests on. Cause I did that for a couple of years doing programming for the, the program director, you know, getting coffees. I was getting coffees. I was getting which is wild because I, 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 I think I gave Babyfest, I, I think I went and got him something to drink, lettuce, tweet, all of them. I would go and get them drinks. You just reminded me. See, again, I be forgetting my stuff in my life. I interned with BT. Oh, nice. Session at BT. It was going BT Awards weekend three years in a row. And wow. I remember um, I met Deborah Lee. I was, I was, <laughs> I was just there, and I was sitting. She was sitting in front of me, and I had said something about um, the show, like the, how the runway show was going. I said, I said, why? I said, why are they taking models for so long? I'm out there. They should be packing a little bit of that. And she turned around. She said, Well, you know a thing or two about runway shows. This is definitely. Oh man. Yes, man. So she takes me in the back and introduces me to the coordinator of the event. And that day, I started interning. The next day, I started interning, and I came the next day and I helped run the um, Runway Ed BT. Um, wow! And that was in 2014, and then I came back to 2015 and 16. And see, that's what's always needed in those spaces because. Some people may think you're talking out of turn or why why are you saying something there? Because they may be too passive to say something then. But sometimes if it needs a certain direction, if your voice, if you know what you're saying, if it needs it and she she's, you know, the CEO. So she's looking for people to build and make it better. They're not going to, you know, quiet the voice. You just said something right there. That's a gem right there. I I just want to harp on that a little bit because some people because there's so many people because I talk because I'm an extrovert introvert like I get my energy from other people but when I'm at home I like solitude peace quietness like not too much noise but when I'm out I connect with people on so many levels but I'm never afraid to be vocal about certain things not in a disrespectful tone or just where it's necessary but what you're saying a lot of people have issues with expressing themselves that way utilize that moment I right, did, you know, I told her who I was and what, and I told her, and that's a, that's what I just graduated like, from um, college and everything, and you know, I, wow, that whole experience because I had met so, I mean, I met MC Light, I met Jennifer Hudson. This is Jennifer Hudson before Aretha and all that stuff. This is this is right, 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 right. right. It's the Dream Girls and everything. So I met her. Uh, I met. This is when power had, was first kind of like popping. So I met mm-hmm. Corey, Nine, and Martin Hardwick. Um, 
Eva Pickford. I mean, so many people I was missing, mm-hmm. like meeting, and I had just met Lil Mama, and this is her coming off. Of, <laughs> this is her coming off of the TLC movie, you know. So okay. She, she popped up right now, and um, it it was wow. See, and it's it, it's moments like that when when you really look back at your life. And I know I'm kind of going off a little bit, but this is kind of like speaking to me. Um, we shouldn't be as hard on ourselves as we are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think for myself, I'm always searching for the next thing, you know, looking for the next mm-hmm. thing. You know, I think we have this in our head, which is true. It's like you're only as hot as your last, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. However, we must take time to celebrate and yes. acknowledge what we've done thus far. Um, yes, and, and it's when these, and I don't get interviewed much. Typically, I'm interviewing, right? But, right. but this, but you made me think. I, I, again, I wasn't realizing how much stuff had been done, how many things was really preparing me for everything that I'm doing now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not afraid, and I don't, I don't mind tagging people and getting myself out there and you know like I would love to have my own award show my own banquet you know my own soulful Sunday live experience um, that's a goal of mine I, I would almost like to, to be almost like a TED talk kind of vibe where like the artist comes and it's just me and them chatting yeah. up and they would do like a 20 minute set you know but like people pay to come experience that soulful Sunday live experience right and to find out some really dope information about the artists you know um and i think i think that could that could go so it's it's a dream of mine i would like to have my own like black music honors or like the um essence black women in hollywood like that kind of banquet kind of thing where i'm honoring people um but i I want to honor those those legends you know that don't always get their flowers um So that's something that I, I am definitely looking into. Um, I need to go ahead and hop on this. I'm holding myself back. But again, you get nervous, right? Because you don't want to not have the best quality. And you're like, in your mind, you're thinking, well, these people come from being at, you know, Grammy Awards in their, you know, previous lifetime. And at the BET Awards and Soul Train Awards and all these big galas and ASCAPs and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's not even going to be good enough right Right. but we can't think about that because the soul trainer was wasn't always what it is you know what i'm saying exactly and that concept and i remember watching um, a clip and i remember it was dion work saying that they came up with the idea and starting it in in her basement her and don cornelius you know like this is the basement even though they were who they were at this time but still Something so that with a brainchild has flourished to be this iconic staple in black music, right? You know. Yeah. And so I hope that one day I can have that too. Listen, you just said something that sparked something in me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get with you off air. This ain't for podcast conversation. This is <laughs> when we get off the podcast, I'm gonna rap with you, uh, because you just said something that just I was thinking about this actually some a couple months ago trying to what you're talking about like-minded yeah. stuff happening right now but the, uh, 
I got two more questions, and now if okay. I play this game with you, I play with all the guests, so we, so I ain't holding you so long. Right? It's it's it's. Oh, we have all kind of we we have the the savvy. I call it, I'm like a savvy heathen. It's like you have the savvy part of the game, but the game get kind of heathenish. Okay, you know if you listen to past episodes, but before that, but yeah, uh, just just a quick uh, little asterisk on what you were saying, or just a side note. If you need an MD, you know what I mean. I'm just saying that publicly. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. That's what I do. You know what I mean. You need for a voice show. You know what I mean. I'm down for the for the Mr. Dress Arrest Awards, whatever you want to call it. I'm down. I got I got some ideas. I got, listen, wheelhouse. Yeah. I got yeah. you. But the last two questions I have for you uh, before we wrap up. Uh, one of the ones with education part of your background yeah. all of these things uh with fashion mm-hmm. again the the highs and lows of life things happen is there anything i guess you could call it a spiritual awakening anything that ties to your path in terms of whether it was the bumps in the road or anything that deterred you not that it deterred you but just a spiritual awakening because i know you mentioned like seeing a crowd and like oh I can do this moving forward but just that spiritual awakening that happens when you have those rough moments you have those rough times of having that awakening this is where I'm supposed to be this is what I'm doing how you stay rooted and planted in that mm-hmm. there are two songs that I play every um, one one song came to me, really set with me once I had my son. Um, and I don't know if anyone knows, but I know like you, you hear like postpartum depression, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, dads have it too, actually. Okay. Um, dads can have it. It's all about your like work-life balance and, and how active mm-hmm. you are. And I was, in, I was a very active dad, and it was it was it was a shift, right? That getting up and everything, and it just just life stuff and so song by tweet called i was created for this mm. and i listen to it every morning every night sometimes in the middle of the day that is a song that sometimes she it to someone and i'll just shed tears because it it keeps you know, when, when everything, you know, when things are slow, things are quiet, when I'm beating myself up, and she says this one line, she said, I am persuaded, I'm going to be all that you want me to be, and, um, and the reason I'm here is to help someone along the way. Mm. Right. And then she follows up with, because I was created for this. Mm-hmm. So whatever I come across, whether it's good or bad, I was created to take that on. Whatever it is, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Highs, mm-hmm. lows, personal relationship, business, whatever. He didn't present this to me or have me go through this lesson or this trial if I could not handle it. You know, this is for a reason because I was created for this. 
Um, that so that drives me. Like I know that I was meant to be in entertainment, and to to educate, and to inspire, and to uplift, and to have these different avenues, and to be a creator. Yes, these are all parts of me. Yes, I went to the HBCU. Yes, I'm a hip. That's a part of me. Yes, I you know um, educate high school kids on you know, how to get into college and have post-secondary plans and I work at a school and yeah, that is that is the Mr. Thompson. But then there's also Coach D who has the modeling team and everything. And then there's Mr. Mm-hmm. Dress Press. And yes, I am created for this. This is all me. Um and then when I also need another little picking up because I am a church kid, you know, and I know where my help comes. Um Clark's sisters, well, it's actually Karen Clark Shear, but the classes are on it. Jesus is a love song. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus is a love song. Um, you know, we don't even realize how much how much we really call on him all the time. You know, um, even if you're not even Christian, you might be like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> it's right. tell Jesus that hurt or Jesus, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know. And I know there have been some times in my life but that's all I could do is call his name and it is like a love song it has healed it has got me to <laughs> and I will yeah. and if you hear how them how the legendary women sing and their harmonies it speaks to you it's in the roots like it's and you feel it and in my mornings when I get up y'all can judge whatever but I sit outside and I may have a little herbal essence Mm. <laughs> and a cup of coffee yes. and I am sitting there and reflecting and taking in the sunlight and Jesus a love song is playing mm-hmm. and I will sit there and rock and I will minister to myself I will encourage myself through that yeah. for this so those are those those are those spiritual moments you know that I have um you know, even when it's good, like, you know, when you have a big, big show or something, it's really successful, you know? But I left from verses that night when that's even escape. When I left from the roots picnic, when I, you know, just different moments, I sit back and I'll be like, wow. Mm. These are iconic moments. Mm-hmm. And I really have met, I have met every girl group that I love. Even TLC? Yes. Oh, man. Yes, I have a side picture from them up top, all the way up top, but yes. Nice. I met TLC. And I got to see them perform with all three. I went to the fan mail tour at 10. Okay. And again, like, like, it's, yeah. You know, you don't realize, I'm like, wow, I've met all of my, only person I haven't met is the Depths of Fame, and that's not even a group, but is Tony Braxton. Uh, and she's so personable too. She probably loves you. I oh my god. But to meet Faith Evans. Oh, yeah, she's personable too. She's so down to earth and cool. So down to earth. I didn't know she was that down to earth. I was like, damn, you really are down to earth. <laughs> and even Faith, like, oh my god, like faithful, like her 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 faithful until mm-hmm. the, from the Faithfully album, like just yeah, like child, we could be all day. Like certain when I get in that mood, sometimes I will just let the music just play. You know, I mean, listen to Angela Wimbush, you know, mm-hmm. 
Renee and Angela, your smile. You know, that made you like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it be these moments. You know what I'm saying? Um, but those two, absolutely. Jesus is a love song and I was created for this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you definitely have a spiritual awakening listening to that Charlene album. Man. Oh, that whole that quartet whole gospel. That whole gospel R&B. Quartet R&B. That's what that album is. Quartet R&B. Man. I love artists. I love R&B artists that remind me of church. Yeah. Listen, you you are segueing perfectly to my questions. I didn't even have to set that up or nothing. You just transition to that perfectly. That was literally going to be my last question with you. We talk about nostalgia. For me, of course, being a 90s kid, you know, growing up in the 90s, you know, we say 90s all day, but for me, it was the 80s, you know, being late 80s baby, you know, that that's what my era was because all of my, like you were talking about your father, like I literally grew up with my aunts and uncles and mom and dad, they were all in their 20s and not at 30 yet. So whatever they were listening to, I was listening to a lot of them. Some of that music from the 80s still translated over. It was still getting radio play in the 90s. And so we were still listening to 80 songs in the 90s. And then, but 80s, it was, but the, the, how I want to frame this is, is a certain songs, I feel like certain eras of music that hit you and I talked to an actual therapist on the show and I was always interested in how it correlated with nostalgia with us just as people with music and why is it in particular when we hear music it translates to a certain era and he said it has everything to do with those memories we have whether if it like you were talking about with our prefrontal cortex and how it hits us mm-hmm. in terms of the the senses, mm-hmm. the the touch, smell, like all those things that you can revert back to that. So I wanted to know, is there any era, and it could be any era, you can relate to the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s music, whatever era of music that, is there a certain era of music that, that just hits you a certain kind of way when you hear it? <laughs> yeah. Um okay. So Okay. I kind of have two answers. Okay. Because well, 70s, 80s and 90s are just choco real bad, right? Choco. Real the bad. half Nelson. <laughs> real bad, right? Real bad. <laughs> when I listen to the 70s music, I feel so warm. Mm. It makes me want to cook. Mm. It makes me want to, you know, lift up my window, let a fresh breeze come in. I'm in that kitchen and I'm having a good time. And, I, and I'm talking about earth, wind, and fire. Mm. The emotions, the Isley brothers, Frankie, Beverly, and me. Like, I'm in, I'm in my talk right there. Like, like, I'm playing happy feelings. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, I'm in, I'm in a vibe. I'm playing mm-hmm. reasons. I'm playing. I write a song for you. Like, I'm in a. Okay, like I'm in mm-hmm. a zone. I'm playing. Don't ask my neighbor. Like, I'm in. I'm feeling grown. I'm having me a glass of wine and I'm cooking and I guess. And that's the vibe that I get. And it's the sense that I, I, I 
and I re- and I'm reminded of like my grandparents and just different things. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm the '80s lad, but '90s it's my childhood. I could smell the Kool Aid. I could smell the frozen cup. Oh, taking it back with the frozen cups. I can cool it out. <laughs> I can see the huggies. I can see my, you know, friends or cousins with their red lips or the blue lips because they didn't eat the little blue icy or whatever. Right. <laughs> and the nail ladies and the airheads. Right. It's, it's, it's a moment, right? I got, right. Like, you know, a jumper and some boots. Like, it, it's it's a vibe. Like, it's, it's hot outside. Right. And it's, and it's the pool and you sit on the front steps. Like, and the sunflower yep. seeds. And the... I, it's a whole vibe, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and the pickle or whatever, like it, it is. It, it takes me back to that place when life was so much simpler. I, you know, mm-hmm. I was a kid and like, I was just enjoying. Like, and 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 I could see clearly. I could see all that being on and Nickelodeon. Like I, I see the whole experience, right? So that that always takes me back to Little Darius. The 80s. Um, and I was fun. Like, you got Joe to see that's a be like, it's a vibe, it's swagged out. Mm-hmm. But with the 80s, you get a little deep for me. I noticed that when I'm in a. When I listen to 80s artists, when I'm listening to Mickey Howard, mm. Angela Winbush, Woo. Stephanie Mills. Ooh. Evelyn Champagne King. Yes, Melissa, sir. Melissa Morgan. Yes, sir. Regina Bell. Yeah. Nesta Williams. Yes. Oh. So, and even though Phyllis was in the 70s, but she had a strong 80s run. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, sir. I, I am. I'm in a space. I mean, that is. That is pure R&B. It ain't watered down. This, these are singers. These are vocalists. And they these are all vocalists that you knew for a fact came from the church. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. It. it was passion. It was pain. And when you think about it, a lot of those artists, they went through a lot. because those, And they still did because those legendary women from the 80s, it's like they, it's like they just get looked looked over. Mm-hmm. It's like you go from the from the 50s, 70s, skip the 80s and go unless unless it was Whitney Houston. And mm-hmm. I loved Whitney Houston. Oh my God. The bodyguard. Hello. Like everything. But when you think about all the other women at that time that were blowing. Lisa Fisher, can we not play games? Like, come on now. Like, can we come on? Yes. Talk about like deep cuts. Deep. Yes. This, this is different. This is different. Um. So when I'm in my deep R&B bag and I can see it, I got, I see the big hair. I see the sequence. I see. The, I, I just. I see it all. I, it's just. It's a moment. Um. The heels, the everything. Like I know that I listen to them more so when I'm in like a not karaoke phase, but if, if I want to have a moment where I feel like I want to 
Yeah, reflective. I want you to take me to a place. Yeah, I'm a, that's, that's what I'm going for. Sherilyn, all that. Yeah. Oh, yes. You're. I think you said something so poignant right there because that really encapsulates the 80s because I feel like certain solo artists in the 70s, uh, especially women, didn't have that chance to be vocally, you know, take you there in a song because it was all about the, the groups. It was like the groups had a phase, but it was mostly male dominated. So like the Supremes were like the cream of the crop, but it was like, even with the sermon, like you said, the Jones girls, uh, third degree, uh, third degree is like all those groups, you know, they had moments, but it wasn't like that. I feel like right. 80s R&B female artists had that chance to like have those ballads and be multi yes. uh, 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 like diversities, yeah, yeah, and then have up tempos and you know because but you you defined it perfectly at that time. You had, I mean, some of them had up tempos, but she kind of left the up tempos to like your Janet mm-hmm. and your Paula Abdul's and all like you let them deal. With yeah, them. and that's where the disconnect happened, I yes. think, in that era because they were like, oh no, those are the pop girls. The pop girls just do the the dancing. They right. didn't, and Whitney kind of broke the mold with that because it was yeah. a little bit, oh, I just thought about it in my head. I was like, no, she didn't do too much dancing, but you know what I mean? When I think yeah. of pop music, that's up-tempos. what I think of. Yeah. But those up-tempos were dance records, yeah. even if Whitney didn't. <laughs> Whitney didn't do it that yeah, often, but that's what I, I yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the pop, those those pop songs, it was like, no, it was like, and I and it was a definitely label control because they were trying to like if you were doing R and B, that's all you did. You couldn't do, yeah. even though those songs still to this day like, translate in different. Cool. Yeah, that I'm in thinking, every demographic. Do you know that um, Love Under New Management was originally for Whitney Houston? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I just recently found that out some years ago because Clive Davis was on some. I hate to say it, he's on some it bullshit, was, man. It was they that cat, man. They felt like it was too R and B. It was too soul. Yeah, but but I want to run to you was originally for Mickey Howard, and they instead yeah. that from her and gave it to Whitney. Man. I was trying to imagine her singing that. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine her singing. Oh, it would have. Oh, it would have diversified everything for her because it would have. Yeah. It have still went off. And it would. Yeah. It would. It have been very different though than how. Right. But it. It would have been. Right. Beautiful. Right. Exactly. Man, you just. Man, I gotta have you back. Man, we gotta do another one, man. Because I was trying to do this during Black Music Month, but my vocals was trash, and it's okay. And, you know, my times was there, but I was trying to have other panelists on so we could get to real, you know, soulful conversations. Because yeah. I love talking about, especially '80s. You just hit my bag right there, especially yeah, talking about like all them singers good. right there. Them is my all them is my my girl, Sherelle. my favorite girl singers. Sherelle, Woo. Pebbles. I mean, shot. That was an error, man. That oh, I mean, to me, those were your real divas. Yes, right. Those were your real divas, right? Stand flat footed at the mic and sing. Yes, that's serve it. Fashion and serve you looks and do all of that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. They are the We're going to play this game with you real quick, so I'll let you go. Ben, I want to be uh, keep saying it like a long-winded pastor that be holding, <laughs> <laughs> holding up the sermon, getting long-winded. I stated it to me. That's the thing when you come from a church musician, you heard that so many times. I'm like, he gonna say this three. You gotta feel some of the passages. Like, okay, he gonna say he's just saying that to get the church warmed up, just to let y'all know. He just cause cause I be at the organ. He like I ain't ready yet. I was like, all right, I'm about to chill in the cut till you ready to tune up. And then as soon as he like and God said, I was like, uh oh, let me get you queued up. Let me let me get yeah, let me cue you in D flat, Pastor. (laughs) But this game is called the What's Wrong with You game. Either or game, not a comparison game. I feel like I was the one that started this versus thing because I was doing this. I, I started this game way. I started this in what was it, 2017, and then versus happened after that. You know, I feel like, and then everybody want to do the do the oh man, all the uh, temptations versus uh, the miracles. It's like I was doing this. Uh, you know what I mean? But you know, small publications. You know what I mean? We get we get looked over, but it's all right. Oh, you know. You know, no shade to you know Timberland and Swiss Beast, but I feel like I need a, I need some of that that uh. <laughs> I, I just want a little cut of verses. I feel like I got I got I got archived on my website soulsavage.com If y'all don't believe, <laughs> what's wrong with you, game? Either or game, not comparison game. That's why I feel like this one stands out because people like to compare. But I like to get to the root of it. And what the root of it is, I really want to know who y'all be playing on your playlist. So it's not comparing. It's I just want to know who you play more on your playlist because I want to get to the root okay. of what y'all really be saying. And, I, you know, that's what we, we don't say root. I'm from the country, from Oklahoma. We say uh, root. We don't say root. We say root. That's a little bit of that country coming out. But we're going to get to the root of Mr. Dress and Rest favorite artists in this okay. list. So, start it off Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass? Marvin Gaye. Okay. Next one, the OJs or the Whispers? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Come on. Let's go. The whispers. Oh, you're talking right. You're talking right on that one. Okay, next one, Prince or Rick James? <laughs> Come on. Give it to me. Give it to me. Come on now. It's Prince. Okay. Listen, those are all bonuses right there. Either one you would have went with, but you get double bonus for saying the whispers because some people say OJs most of the time in this game. Well, I say, should say most times says some, but most of them say OJs, but you get double points for saying the whispers because they was rocking in every decade. You know yeah, what I mean? They were, and I got I got them songs. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So that that was all bonus. And either way, you would have went, you would have got right on those. But this is part of the game where this is a little bit of a roller coaster ride with this game because I took you on the easy route. Now we at the height of the roller coaster where you about to feel something in your stomach. I feel it more in my stomach than y'all do if y'all don't answer right. So it ain't <laughs> so you be a little bit of, you be right. It's a little people. bit of pressure, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is absolutely a judgmental game to the fullest, fullest height. It is very judgmental. I like that because it makes sense. What's wrong with you? I like it. Right. And so we at the part of the game where you got to get all of these right. And if you do, if you don't pick what I pick, basically, 
I make up the rules as I go. D, it's just, it's just how I go. I make them up. Did you know what I mean? But okay. I just make them up, but you know, a little but bit I of roller coaster. I stand ten toes down in my choices, so it's okay. Okay, so as long as you're talking right, you won't get us what's wrong with you. So we'll we'll be the judge if if something wrong with you. But right here, this is Michael Jackson specific. Off the wall or thriller. Off the wall. Okay. 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 So I'm trying to figure out because I felt like I had something in my spirit telling me you was gonna say this. I don't know how. Don't know. I don't know if it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I felt you was gonna say thriller, but I knew you was gonna say thriller. Okay. Uh, is that your final answer, thriller? Cause thriller. What's on that album? Beat it. Pyt. Yes. Beat it. Um, thriller. Uh, human nature. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Baby, thriller. be mine. It's thriller. Okay. Because human nature is my favorite Michael Jackson song. Period. Okay, you're definitive with thriller. Okay. So you didn't pick what I picked. Uh, before, like I said, I think of thriller. No, off the wall is a bomb album. Yeah, yeah, sure. But then I had to think about. Okay. Is yeah, thriller. Okay, so with that choice, you did pick what I picked. And so with that, before you get to what's wrong with you, I make up the rules as I go, as I've stated. One of the rules I've made up since you didn't pick what I picked is <laughs> you have, I'm going to be nice. I'm about to say 15 seconds. You got 20 seconds. And I usually say five songs, but I'm gonna make it three. I'm always being nice to y'all and oh. giving y'all the easy route. Okay, y'all got tw- you got 20 seconds to name me three songs off a of thriller. And I shouldn't even said this. I just said this, but I feel like you already got it memorized now. Oh. But go ahead. Human nature, thriller, beat it. <laughs> okay. I, listen, I had the same thing. What was it? Shout outs to Miss Sky. I had Sky, uh, Skylar Harris on an episode. Yeah, uh, Skylar Harris on, and she did this. She was cheating, looking at the phone because I told she was trying to say, "Oh, what, what songs was on there?" And then she memorized it. I was like, and I just did the same thing with you. I'm having deja vu. I did the same thing with you. I already listed off the songs for you, so there was that. Okay, so. Okay, so you did state you did what the rules stated. You named me three songs. Okay. So, and the rules of the game, you followed the rules correctly. So you did name three songs. Okay. So you don't get a what's wrong with you, but you get a negative uh, twenty seven points because you were supposed to pick what I picked. That's just the rules of the game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, D. Perfect. Yeah. Oh my. Because you're supposed to pick what I pick. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So it's not, all right. It is. Listen. Listen. But it's just the thing, a, the thing is, yeah. okay. But this is the thing. I thrill is a huge album, right? But okay, name the songs on Off the Wall. Off the Wall. <laughs> uh, don't stop till you get enough. Rock with you. Get on the floor. Uh, I can't help it. Listen, the 420 experience takeover, so I don't remember all of them <laughs> off the top. I want to be that, something that's on off the wall. What's 
uh, want to be starting something. Mama say, Mama say, I'm not That's on. I'll, that's on Thriller. Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that too. Yeah. But yeah, all that. Yeah, you don't get a what's wrong with you on that. You get negative 27 points. Okay, the next one. Listen, we we starting off shaky because that's the that's the one that'd be like, woo, when y'all when people say off the wall, I'd be like, oh, I can kind of breeze through this. I don't know how I uh well, I think the next one, I feel like I know what you're gonna say. Okay, here it is. Okay, you are because I'll I, I deduct 20, I'll give you plus 50 if you actually pick off the wall. Y'all can have off the wall. That's fine. <laughs> I don't like to leave. <laughs> However, I want to be starting something that <laughs> human nature is right. It's that. Okay, that. listen, as long as y'all said, listen, thing. That's the thing. You don't. That's the thing. I'm not even harping on picking what I pick. I just have these unproven theories. Because again, I partake in a 420 experience, so I have nothing but random shit that happened in my head. Where I be at shows, doing shows, and I look at demographics, and it's like, oh, y'all don't really like music. Like y'all don't even like that. Like that. Don't nobody be bopping to this. So when people be like, oh, this my favorite artist, but what y'all ain't got it in playlist. You can't name me seven songs other artists but this your favorite but that's just me it's just me trying to find the theory not saying I'm trying to question everybody's taste on the show it's just yeah, just my own personal theories I feel like you know whatever but the next one is Miss Patty LaBelle or Miss Aretha Franklin Patty I knew you were going to say Patty and you are Talking right, you didn't get nothing. You ain't nothing wrong with you on that one. You talking all the way right, okay? Patty, that part, that part, yes. <laughs> the voice, the catalog, the stage presence, all that. You saying all the things? First of all, nothing wrong with you. That she said on not just black artists, white artists, rock artists, yes, rock artists. Listen, LaBelle themselves were rock stars. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah. Down Listen, on. we ain't we ain't got time to give the listeners a history lesson, man. We talk all day on that. You yeah. talking right. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with you on that one. I knew you were gonna talk right on that one. The next one, the, right, exactly. The next one is Babyface or Brian Knight. Talking about vocals, girl. Baby. No, you're talking about catalog. Who do you play more on your playlist? Baby, uh, Brian Knight or Babyface? Babyface. There we go. Child. Easy work right there. Easy work. You talking right? <laughs> I've never, been, I've never been a big Brian McKnight fan ever. Listen, me neither. Mm-mm. Right. He just never did it. I know. I don't know what it is. I think because I get just like talent. Yes, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Like, like that. But it just never moved me. Right. I just never felt connected to the lyrics. Nothing. None of the songs ever connected to me. And they're all hits. 
he has classics. It just never does me. Now it's like back at one, it's like, okay, karaoke sing along. I may know the words to him, but it just, you know what I mean? It just ain't my stuff. You know what I mean? It ain't my thing, but I get you on that. Baby face all day. Yeah. Baby face all day. Catalog for days. We ain't gotta go down the list. Okay. Karen White, TLC, uh, Tony, Tony Braxton. Braxton. After seven, exactly. we ain't gotta keep going down the list. Ooh, child. Yeah. Madonna. We ain't gotta keep going down the list. He let y'all know on the tiny desk. NPR's tiny desk. Go watch that. You gonna see the hits on there. Mm-hmm. You know that what I mean? All of them. Right. That even all of them. Yeah. That's just like with the verses he did with Teddy Riley. Uh. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, AOL connection uh, versus. We need, we, need, we need another. We need another. Another one of that because that that didn't that didn't go the way. Yeah, he, he didn't even do all his hits. I'm like twenty. I was like, that ain't nothing. That's a light day for him. Right, and Teddy was doing too much. So yeah, we need another round of that. Oh man, he was definitely team too much on that. Oh man, we were so. I was so upset. <laughs> When I was watching that, I was like, sir, what are you? They're, they cannot hear this uh, chord keyboard on this Instagram live. It's, it's, it's messing up the connection. <laughs> Girl, he was doing a whole, he was like, he's acting like, uh, uh, what was it? One of the shows about to pay him. Like he was performing at the American Airlines. Like they, they had his check ready after it. <laughs> See, he, they should let him redo it because he was one. If he would have did that live, that probably would have went off well. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the verses started to be live. I forgot at which one. If it was after Erica's and Jill Scott's verses, but they started with doing it live in person. Um, so shortly no, after no, that, no, when they did Patty and Gladys, it was free, but it wasn't like it wasn't. Oh yeah, it's so like. Brandy, like Brandy and Monica, like they was on some of them in person, but it wasn't like. Oh yeah, it was some more after that. Yeah, it was more so just like you kind of sit, chat. Yeah, who was the first one that started performing? Was it SWV and Escape that Mm -mm. performed first? Mm -mm. It was. um... Or was it the um, the reggae one with uh, Beanie Man and? That was good. Oh, it was so good. I hate the Americans. D- don't really know Patois like that because that shit was hilarious. I was laughing was when, when uh, what was his name? Uh, not Beanie Man. Uh, <laughs> um, what was the guy he went up against? Um, I hate it too because I have his songs on my playlist, but that dude had me cracking up. He was like, or was it Beanie Man that was like, what your song? He was, <laughs> he was wanting them to play it back to back. He was like, what your song? I was cracking up. That shit was funny to me. <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. That was a good time, though. Very good, good time. I, I, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. the great verses. And speaking of, I just mentioned them. This is the next one. SWV. I feel like it's a given. SWV or Escape. Listen, like I said, a given. Look, I got the answer on the shirt right here. This is the. Yeah. It's about it. time. I have a whole like five picture from a, it's, <laughs> I love it. I do. Yes, cute gowns, beautiful gowns. But, but all your excuse my language ain't what the SWB catalog. ain't touching it, right? Listen, I think that that one. Y'all that's what like. 
Like we're talking about use your heart. We're talking about right here, the remake, okay? With the human nature. They just played I'm sin- I was at the grocery store the other day. They had they were playing I'm so into you at the store. I don't know last time I heard escape records in the store. Both both anything. The original slowed version and then the remake. Right. We're talking about rain. Yes. Woo. Classic. Shout out to Brian the, Morgan. Like not even just like singles, but like off the new beginning album. I'm so in love. Like songs like Yes. They got it. And I'm not like I said, easy work. Great catalog. They do. But I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't have a great catalog. They do, but that's just it's just astronomically in terms of like the pinnacle of a certain era of music. They are that sound. They are yeah. Reference back to musically and vocally, and I'm not asking but no one is no one's no artist is referencing no, but they're not the reference when it comes to vocal. Or just a staple of what '90s music was. Yeah, yeah it's going to be yeah, at uh, least ten SWV songs played at. Like if it's a '90s theme party, you're going to hear more yeah, those records. And it's just a versatility of catalog. They have it. They have. They have the up tempo. The mid. Because the artists in the the like I said, it's definitely '90s R&B female and male groups that were popular but do they have the versatility versatility meaning do they have ballads do they have mid tempos do they have up tempos it's not a lot of them that have all three that translated yeah they were were pretty much a a ballad people want to hear the ballad people be bopping to like I do corporate gigs like for certain uh, professional sports groups like MLB groups and okay. NFL, NBA, they want to hear SWV. They do. And it's not even just a black thing or a white thing. It's like everybody wants to hear it. Everybody. If you grew up, if you're of age or if you grew up in the 90s or you were an adult during the 90s, you want to hear SWV. Yeah, like at those type of events, you're not playing my little secret. Yeah, it just doesn't, and that's the thing. I always, because I like Who Can I Run To, even though that's the Jones girls originally, but that's one of their their top hits. I can't even, I can't even, like, run that. Like, it's a, a sleeper at those type of events. Right. Even just kicking it is a, a mid-tempo. It's not an up-tempo. And so... Not- it's not one that's going to get people like people literally sing weak word for word from top yeah. to bottom yeah. and loudly in a group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's singing that song everywhere. Yeah. And it's a ballad. It's not even a but people request it like it's a yeah, it's a staple. And it's, and it's, and it's crossover. Yes. Absolutely. Period. Crossover. Point blank. Oh yeah, that was an easy one. That was easy easy work okay the next one i don't know how you're gonna go with this one because i don't know how big of a fan of you are of the other group i know you mentioned this group earlier in the the podcast but this one um boys the men or jodeci okay i I figured you i knew you was gonna say that with the uptown puffy connection i was like okay 
you're talking right on that one. Like, okay. Can, yeah. can I can I can I dive on that just a quick second? Go ahead. Boys to men is awesome. Okay. They are, I mean, you can't speak of male groups and not speak of them. Right? Period. Especially in reference to the nineties. They were huge. They were, I mean, crossover like nobody's business. Beautiful harmonies, all of that. Beautiful gowns, yes. But that Jodeci catalog, mm. the way that thing hit, like my heart belongs to you. Mm. My top favorite too. That's 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 up there. And and I should have known that because you said you're a big fan of artists that have that gospel background, those that gospel style, Jodeci. Then was like four Bobby Walmacks right there, and Bobby Walmack comes straight from the church. Yeah, yeah, all that. That's that's oh my god. Cedric Haley and the singers, what they came from that first. They they had them gospel roots before they even became Jodeci. That's what I'm saying. And you're talking about Dalvin and Devontae's uh, fathers, a pastor, and their yeah. So you gotta think about those mm-hmm. type of groups. They've already been singing together all their life. Exactly. So bring them together. Mm-hmm. Like my heart belongs to you. Cry for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe in love? Um, stay, Get like, on up. Feeling, freaking mm-hmm. you. Like love you for life. Get on. Like, yeah, yeah. Come and talk to the me. Jam. Like yes. be. Mm-mm. And that's that's what I'm telling you all the time. If you were to put them in a verse. That Jodeci catalog because it, it hit a different kind of way. Yeah, for sure. I think they were trying to do one. I heard like rumors they were trying to get one. It may still be in the works. Yeah. Uh, Jodeci versus Drew Hill. But I'm like that. That ain't nothing compared to Jodeci. I'm like y'all got to find somebody else. I was like because Drew Hill, now, they Drew got hits, Hill, but they got the hits. And vibe wise, they going they going they gonna rock like that's a vibe yeah. however I don't think it's I never thought that was fair because Drew Hill came out a couple years after and I was yeah. like the little right. brothers of Jodeci like it's, yeah. I get it it's, it's a vibe however talking about coming out around the, like, the same time and being like that was yeah that's what I was trying to think like, of because 91 competing with so like Drew Hill was also competing like your 112 and your jagged edges. Yeah. That yeah, that's more fair. Jodeci is what's competing with boys to men. Yeah, like, that that, that'd be more of a fair battle because then it's like a contrast of because you know what you're dealing with when you hear Jodeci. Jodeci is that, you know, round away dudes yeah. that got some hood rat, you know, you know, <laughs> got hood rat situations going on. You know what I mean? Deal with uh, women that keep they they uh, driver's license and they uh, cigarette cart and them type of. <laughs> that's the kind. Of <laughs> and then boys to men was uh, was the not saying they were soft or the the but it was just different audiences. They was coming with the romance and the the uh, lighted uh, yeah. candles and all that stuff and rom- romance and all that stuff. And it was like it was two different type of 
The yeah. only accurate one would be H Town because H Town there, but they don't they don't have enough hits to go. I mean, in terms of who came out at the same time, they were around yeah. the same time. But like you said, boys the men on the fit. Bonus round. So we can wrap this up. Bonus, uh, Mary J. Blige or Faith Evans. <laughs> I gotta turn my seat. You gotta turn around for that one. Oh, oh my God! Faith, Miss Faith Evans or Miss Mary J. Blige? Mary J. Blige or Miss Faith Evans? Who you going with? And I could, I could cheat and just say uh, who had the best. Okay, let me do it like this. Since you a real music head, okay, I'm gonna do it like this and make it easy because I've done this before. Best debut album. Who had the best debut album and who had the best sophomore album? Let's make it easy like that. Okay. 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 Faith to me has a better debut album. Listen, yo, you talking right? Period. Yo, you and Mister E will. Music director extraordinaire are the only ones to answer this part of the game right. On record for any interview I've ever done. I've interviewed hundreds of people. Y'all are the only ones to answer that correctly off jump. What? Yes. Because everybody says what's the 411? Like what's the like that's not even Mary's favorite. It's not even her favorite album. It don't even no. Cause she was trying to come into herself. The hip hop and R and B was just launched with Uptown. For me, yeah, that's album. For me, my life, share my world, and the Mary album. Yes, you talk. Oh, you talking all the way right. That's what it was. Faith has the best debut album. Faith debut. Yes, Mary's my life sophomore album is her is the best. Faith has the 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 debut, and Mary has a sophomore. And you said it a hundred percent right because face. Oh my God! Even the like interludes. Let me. Oh my God! Unskippable. Faith, faith first album. Faith in general, but faith first album to me goes down as the finally Karen of R and B. Right. <laughs> you could hear. That Clark sister influenced the church, and she was writing. Like we talk yes. about, she's coming. There's a Kyle Walker too. I heard them, some of them harmonies yes. with the modulation. Yes. Same thing. Yeah. Songs like "Come Over." Mmm. Woo wee! Yes. As soon as I get home, um, used to love me. Um, God, I can go on on it. That uh, ain't nobody. Oh, ain't nobody. Rest on to the great Chucky Thompson for that. Oh, we one of the best. Oh, then, then the, the, uh, the opening. The, uh, I have the yes, yeah, all that. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Mary was not fucking with that. That that was the full one one does not with Faith's debut album. Period. Ooh. Period. You said it right. And I love what's the four one just for because I have the t-shirt actually. I have it in my bedroom. I have a what's four one. Yeah. But 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 can we also say this though? Let's keep it above. What's one of the reasons why we love my life album so much? Oh, um Who's all over that album? Pinwise and vocally. Now, see, my friend, he gets he gets mad when people mention it because she was only on so many songs on there. But I get I but said the same thing the, too. But no yeah. shit, there's some of Mary's best cuts, some of her best production. Some of her best Never want to live without you. Oh my god! What is this? And shout out to Big Bub too. Got to give him credit too on co-writing on the records too. But that one right there. Don't go! Don't go! <laughs> You can't ignore Faith's imprint and impact yeah. on the song. On the yeah. harmony, on the background, and the... Come on now. Oh, see, this is why I got to get you back on and have a discussion talking about songwriters because I feel like all songwriters have a style of writing that you can pinpoint the record. Like like yeah. you mentioned, Faith Evans. Like with that... Uh, with me a little while. That's you can hear Faith on there, but that's a signature thing she does in her song. Don't leave. Like that stuff that she sung, cause she's done it on the keep and mind you, Faith sophomore I've ain't no sleeper either. She got them joints on there too. But it's not my life, like you mentioned. Just like well, what's the four one ain't a sleeper, but that one was great. Um, never let you go on Faith's second album mm-hmm. and um, Love like, like this. this, so that was big. All night long. You can yeah. Face like an album was a caramel kisses. See there, you already vibing. You know what it is. You know the vibes. Yes, sir. Yeah, but my life <laughs> hit so hard that yeah, it hit so hard. But yeah, but yeah. you answered it correctly, man. Okay, I gotta conclude the game. I've okay. concluded. The what's wrong with you game and I've determined that there is nothing wrong with Mr. Dress and Rest. He won the game. Nothing is wrong with him. He won the game. Thank you. I'll be sure. The Constellation Prize, I always try to do something immaculate for the guests because it's uh I feel like immaculate guests deserve immaculate prizes. So I'll be sure to cash up you two dollars and seventy two cents. Nothing but the best to where you go to the VN store and get the greatest adult beverage of your choice malt liquor if you prefer I feel like you can still get that for that roundabout number of $2.72 they cash out may round it off to two seventy five. I'm not sure right. but thank you so much for coming on the show I'm just playing around thank you so much for coming on this has been, the podcast it's been so much fun thank you thank you thank you guys be sure to follow me underscore Mr. Dress and Rest on IG and on TikTok and all the things and just yeah and oh and on YouTube Hardcore Glam TV you can see all the different yes sir episodes you listen you did it all for me I didn't even have to ask you that's gonna be like see how professional he is y'all he already know what it is I ain't gotta I ain't gotta queue it up to nothing he queued up all my questions I had for him this was I ain't fun. gotta ask him nothing he he answered he did everything perfectly listen I'm just gonna say this I'm gonna leave this with you. <clears throat> 
and just just give you this because I feel like it's needed and that other listeners uh, your everything that you shared on this podcast episode I feel like they could relate to uh, but just your sheer just assuredness of your journey the things that you've said that have contributed to and whether you visually visualized yourself or manifested it, it it's all came to fruition at its divine timing and people like you that have that natural gift that you tap into is something about that 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 superior force whatever that is in in whatever universe whatever you want to call it that that is just that higher power force that aligns everything for you when you tap into what your divine destiny is and i feel like that's what you are illustrating with your work with your content and that's what you have expressed on this podcast episode just thank you for that for just saying that because i'm sure it just comes naturally to you just to utter those words but for other people they don't have the vocabulary they don't have that within them to express that so for you to do that and let it come natural to you like water flowing in the the oceans and lakes is a really gift it's a real gift because a lot of people don't have that in them to pursue it to think it to believe it and then pursue it and then conquer it which you have stated with all the accomplishments accomplishments that you have received which you have more of and it's just a testament of just being in the right place right time the opportunity meeting the preparation preparation meeting the execution and the execution you know being the determining factor of where the success path is and you have i feel like demonstrated that in your work soulful sundays with your fashions being an educator all those things align the way it's supposed to because it's supposed to happen and you're supposed to receive that and so just thank you for that and hopefully people listening in can really get into that because it's a lot of creatives that listen to this podcast and they just can't i don't know where to start i don't know and it's just being just being that who you are people don't know tapping into that being that's what's going to get you where you need to go leaps of faith take take those leaps of faith take them absolutely because look at it like this they even gonna say yes or no Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like I know it sounds like simpler, but it's either they're gonna say yes or no, and maybe at that time they're not they're not at a level to properly receive all that you bring mm-hmm. to the table. You right? Know, exactly. Maybe, maybe they're not ready, you know, for you yet. Maybe you got some other stuff you need to do, and then maybe it'll come back around. Never know. Exactly. You never know. But thank you. No problem. You no, know, I am a genuine person. Like I live, breathe, eat this, and you know, I love my people. I love black culture. I love black entertainment. I love being black. <laughs> yes, you said perfectly right there. I don't even want to add no more to it. I love <laughs> all that you just speaking right. But yeah, man, you have the everything. I, I just wish so much well. You got so much. You got so many great things. Uh, it's, it's certain people that. 
I could just see have that on like it's not on them it's in them and it's like that's a natural thing it's not something that is forced it's not premeditated it just is because it's supposed to be and so thank you for that and like I said I love talking to people we gotta talk some more man I gotta get you on some more podcast episodes because I even get deep into the fashion world because I love fashion I love it's something about seeing artists like that's when I look at artists like even if it's not my style like I can look at it and see the art in and it's expressive and all that stuff and I feel like you can talk some more on that but thank you so much for being on Soul Savage Podcast make sure y'all just tap into the Mr. Dress and Rest brand because you know at some point y'all might have to pay for it on Patreon all this great <laughs> gems and knowledge that he dropping you may have to pay for it because he might do a master class or something like that and gonna have to, gonna have to you're gonna have to pay for this game you know what I mean yeah. he's getting free game on here so y'all better soak it up you understand people charging $250 and sometimes a thousand dollars you get them the what is the girl that was the 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 low vibrational plates charged two thousand y'all getting y'all got charged to get all that stuff y'all better come soak up this game for the free yeah I ain't even charging y'all for this podcast y'all getting all this unless you got a Spotify subscription and Apple y'all gotta talk to them but this free game on the Soul Savage podcast but thank you again Mr. Dress and Rest for coming on the podcast you only got lasting words before we close out the podcast. No, just thank you guys, and please make sure that you follow me on all my social media platforms and tap in, enjoy. Um, I hope that you are inspired. I hope that you guys enjoyed it, and much love and stick to that R and B. Let it use. Yes. Let it use. You. Black excellence, <laughs> right? Let it loop. Let it use you. That R and B, that good old, that good old Regina Bell, Melissa Morgan, Mickey Howard. Tap into it. Freddie yes. Jackson. Ooh. Janet Jackson, Luther Vandross, all of it. Jeffrey Osborne, all of it. Glenn Jones, all of it. Yes, sir. Talking right. Listen, we gotta get off this podcast episode. Then you gonna get me. You'll get me talking about my favorite artist again. This Soul Savage podcast, y'all. We out. Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, Soul Savviness got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the Sounds of Soul Savviness podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul at ease.